0: You've reached Sports Stories with Denny Lennon, the home of the CAC Dosen Award-nominated Best Video Podcast Series. Please leave a message.
1: Yeah, hi, Dennis. It's Willie. Listen, I know you're wondering why a hot shot movie star such as yours truly would even call a rickety show like yours. Well, criminy these days with the goddamn virus mucking everything up all the goddamn work has gone bye-bye and i'm basically sitting at home with my royal thumb up my ass spielberg doesn't call coppola doesn't call scorsese doesn't call hell even opie doesn't call one day i'm doing thrillers with tom cruise and the next i'm a god pitchman pitch man for quaker oats and diabetes for the love of pete so yeah I've watched your goddamn show, and it ain't half bad. I've seen worse, Dennis. I've definitely seen worse. So listen, give my love to Christine and Vonnie and Sienna and and whatever else pups you pushed out along the way. I'm going to go back to watching the paint dry and hoping for a cocoon four or five or whatever the goddamn number is. (laughs)
2: As we record this show today, the NCAA has announced the 68 teams that will make up the 2021 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. It's time for the madness to march forward. As a longtime UCLA fan, I'm happy that the Bruins have qualified despite a late season slump. But like every tournament for the last 45 years, I contemplate the massive shadow cast by the greatest coach ever. A shadow that extends into our current time. John Wooden retired in 1975 after winning his 10th NCAA championship as a head coach of the UCLA Bruins. In addition to winning an astounding 10 NCAA tournaments over a 12-year span, the legendary coach won 16 conference championships, guided four teams to undefeated 30-0 seasons, set an untouchable NCAA record with a win streak of 88 games, and also won 38 straight NCAA tournament games absolutely incredible. It took 20 years after Coach Wooden retired for UCLA to win another title giving new meaning to the phrase this one goes to 11. Bill Plasky the great columnist who I've often quoted on the show wrote in today's Los Angeles Times the last time a college from Los Angeles won an NCAA Division I National Championship the current players on the UCLA roster had yet to be born It's been 26 years since a title, 13 years since a Final Four, five years since a Sweet 16. For a city inhabited by the school with the most NCAA basketball titles, UCLA has won 11. The drought is as staggering as it is embarrassing. This March could be and should be different. I'm a Venice, California-born, Los Angeles-based sports fan. One that has played, coached, announced, and promoted sports my whole life. My love affair with sports started in my own backyard and has led me to this podcast. Thanks to the support of the Amateur Athletic Union in East Bay, I'm excited to bring you Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. Hello, sports historians. Welcome to audio video podcast number 76 of Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. We are possessed with the spirit of March Madness. It's part two of our John Wooden special, The Greatest Coach in NCAA History. Today on the episode, we hear from three separate voices, none of whom played for the great coach. Who are they? Yeah, Producer well, well, Marley Rice. I well, didn't
0: actually play for John Wooden. I think John Wooden had an impact on everyone that he came he in contact sure with, especially these three guests. So we're going to start out with Lynn Garen, move over to Jerry West, and end with a funny story from Jimmy Lennon Jr. So hope you guys enjoy this episode, part two. Um, John Wooden,
3: how'd you do on your shot out there? Uh, well, I took the uh, the John Wooden approach at mm-hmm. uh, twelve feet to the right. Yep, you got to bank it. You're always going to make a much higher percentage of shots if they're banked. I banked it. I made it.
2: Nice. Um, I remember that when I was a kid, um, you know, because it's when I was watching John Wooden and stuff, but it was one of my older cousins. We were watching a high school game, and a guy pulled up and knocked down a 12-footer, just like you say, with that bank shot. And that was the first thing he said. He goes, oh, Coach Wooden. And I, that was one of the first times when I was young getting that cross-reference of how much he had, you know, influenced everything in and around not only L.A., but, you know, the country.
3: Well, he had schooled his team so well uh, on that shot. If you were a UCLA basketball player and you were to the right or to the left, uh, you were going to take the, uh, the shot off the board or you probably were going to get a little bench time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know,
2: um, there was one, uh, we went to go see Coach. My wife and I went to go see Coach uh, speak. And, of course, you know, for years I'd always been the Coach Wooden um, guy. And so you he, uh, he, he submitted these questions in advance. You know, on an index card, and then they pick out a few. And mine didn't get picked out, but hers did. But and 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 the question was along those lines. It was, uh,
3: what's the best way to
2: motivate your players? And he goes, well, I've always found a seat next to me on the bench was quite a
4: motivator. Yeah.
3: Well, he'd also (laughs) said that uh, one of the best ways to motivate was the. pat on the back even though uh sometimes the pat needed to be a little lower and a <laughs> <Right>. little harder
2: these <laughs> so, yep. sure did yeah so um i love uh what you brought here um so for our our just our podcast listeners it's a why don't you explain it a little bit it's beautiful
3: well it's uh it's a custom uh piece of uh, wood carving uh the pyramid of success that was uh, built by a, a vice president at uh, the in and out Corporation, you know, one of America's uh, better companies in the fast food business. And a number of years ago, we did a uh, team camp uh, for them. We actually took their top 200 executives through a full day okay. uh, John Wooden Pyramid of Success course. Mm. And uh, one of the vice presidents, who happens to be obviously a very accomplished <laughs> yeah, uh, worker. Woodworker uh, built this. Actually, beautiful. he built uh, three of them. He gave uh, one to me. He gave uh, one to Coach Wooden, and uh, also one to the uh, family. So wow, there's three of these out there someplace. That and did
2: did Coach put his in his den?
3: Uh, he had it in his den for a while. I think it got donated, uh, probably with everything else, to UCLA, and very well could be somewhere in their okay. Hall of Fame exhibit on campus.
2: They did a nice job on the remodel with the poly Pavilion uh, on the outs- out the outer. Ring of Poly Pavilion, and they they even recreated his den. It's, oh it's, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah,
3: that's it's uh, it, it's a tribute to the the man that that built it. Essentially, it should it was supposed to have been built years and years before it got built. He was promised, I think, uh, when he signed his original contract with UCLA that he was going to have a new facility within two years, mm-hmm. and I don't think it came for sixteen or seventeen <laughs> years, but. Once it came, I don't know, I think his record was 179 or, and two in that <laughs> yeah, building or something. It, it sure so, was. Uh, yeah, Coach didn't lose too many at Poly. In launching the University of Toyota, they wanted to develop some management and leadership modules for all their, their dealers and for their executives. Okay. And one of the ideas was uh, improving coaching. For managers and uh, we went out and said well let's find the best coaches on the planet bring them in put them in front of a camera interview them talk to them about what coaching is all about and when you were looking for great coaches there obviously the first place you'd look would be John Wooden sure uh, I didn't know coach Wooden at the time but I had another client who knew someone who did know him okay so I was able to get an introduction to meet coach uh, bringing him into the process uh, and we developed a
2: did, did, did Coach think you are an impersonator of him? <laughs> <laughs> you look, you know you resemble him, right? Oh, I People do. People tell I, you this a no, little bit. Yeah. You do. You look like Coach Derry when he was winning all his championships. Yeah. yeah. Well,
3: no. That's I, the coach I remember. I don't think so. So at that time, if that was uh, 1998. Oh, uh, well,
2: that was well beyond. Well, that.
3: so Coach yeah. at that point, our business, I mean, our relationship started when he was 88 years old. Wow. And lasted, uh, obviously, until he uh, passed away, still last, because I'm still... In business so, with the family, which we have been since day one. What was that initial meeting like? Uh, well, the first time I met Coach Wooden uh, was—I almost can't describe it. It was—it it left you breathless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had—he uh, had such a, a a peace and a sense of grace and humility about him, but uh, a sense of quiet strength that that just spoke just spoke to you and you know you couldn't be in John Wooden's presence without ever walking away and feeling like you know right. I, I need to be a better person <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's <laughs> yeah that's, that's if something. I could be just a little more like this guy you know I think my uh, I think my life could be a little better and I think I could do a better job uh, as a dad Mm-hmm. You know, as a as as a leader in a company, you know, whatever it is you do, you just felt like he could help you be better. And that's really what the John R. Wooden course is all about.
2: I had shook his hand a couple of times at UCLA games. He was always so accommodating. He'd sit in that same seat. But I hadn't really, you know, had any interaction with him. Um, and then um, an ex-player of mine was going to Occidental College and called me and said, Hey, Coach, John Wood is speaking at my campus today. I can get you in, you know, I said, oh, great. And I took, actually took my two children out of class to go there because we, who knows how many times, and it was probably right around that time yeah. that you're mentioning. And cause I think my daughter was about six or seven and my son, you know, nine or 10. Now my daughter sitting still for her was a big project. There had to be multiple activities in order to keep her in her chair at any level. And what was so fascinating, it was as if she was like looking at a levitating Buddha. <laughs> she, she was transfixed by this guy yeah. and, and it was so impressive the way that um, he was able to just keep her attention all the way through and then she finally I think um, made a little picture and get, came and gave it to him and it was so sweet he had so many people wanted to see him and he spent a good 8-10 minutes yeah. just talking to her yeah. about how she drew that And how she was doing in school. Yeah, it was so sweet. It was such a and just like I had the same feeling. I was like, okay, that's 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 a top guy. (laughs) That's a top guy.
3: Yeah, his uh, he he uh, he had time for everybody, and I I traveled with him uh, on a number of of occasions. Flew cross country with him a couple of times. Uh, You know, spent many many hours uh, with him at the condo there in Encino. Um, He had a particular technique that worked well with kids, uh, you know, in the condo in Encino. He always had lots of these little jars of candy all around, particularly orange slices. Those were one of his favorites. (laughs) So he'd always get out the orange slices. I took my young son, uh, Cole, to his place uh, a time or two, and uh, the orange slices always worked.
2: Always got them. Now, okay, so you you had this initial meeting, and then I would imagine you had to, you know, earn his trust— and and he wanted to make sure you're a, of of have some level of competency, so that if he was going to launch a course with his name on it, I'm sure he he wanted it to be top notch.
3: Yeah, well, it was a couple of years from the time at which that initial meeting uh, came together and the early projects uh, that we worked on, a number of them in the automotive industry, where I was able to put together speaking engagements and things mm. for him. So it was probably at least a couple of years before then. Um, you know, I really became knowledgeable of all of the content and information and the pyramid of success and his coaching model and all those things that really represented Mm -hmm. you know content that that we might use so it was maybe two years later when i uh sat down and wrote what was a about a five page letter uh scheduled a meeting with him took the letter to him and gave him a vision for what
2: was the grammar appropriate on this letter? oh man (laughs) i yeah,
3: yeah uh you know, you and to... <laughs> gave him a vision of what I thought the John R. Wooden course could be, how we could work together and all that. And uh, yeah. And interestingly, that meeting, uh, we spent at least a couple of hours together. And after going through all that, I mean, uh, I can still see him today putting the letter kind of on his on his nose and kind of tilting back his head and just saying oh this is a wonderful vision oh, okay. Lynn," but i i don't think i'm going to do it
2: oh wow is that right
3: so uh after all that work and the development of the relationship and all of that uh john wooden said no and uh, one of the things i'd learned in the couple of years of working with him that john wooden's yes was his yes and his no was his no huh? but when he said no i didn't hear no
2: <laughs> what i
3: heard was well maybe you we're not quite there yet. You know, I I immediately pictured the pyramid of success and went through the blocks and said, well, you know, maybe I haven't worked hard enough or um, we just haven't connected. I haven't done enough of my homework uh, yet. Maybe I wasn't enthusiastic Mm -hmm. enough. And I sort of went on skills. Maybe he doesn't think I've got the skills it'll Mm -hmm. take to develop that. So in my own mind, I quickly ran the tape on the pyramid, taking it all the way to the top and, and saying, well, this is definitely the opportunity for competitive greatness. Yes, John Wood has said no.
2: Be at your best when your best is needed. Yeah.
3: What am I going to do to turn that around? So we worked uh, together another year okay, uh, on some other really good, nice projects and nice fees and things like that. Things that uh, had an impact on the companies we were working with. And then we had an opportunity to take 300 managers from Nissan to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And we built a 15 foot 20foot pyramid of success and put it on stage oh, is that right And uh, our task for that meeting was try to get 300 managers from all across the company who were working in six or seven divisions uh, trying to get them all to have one jersey on to be on one team. The executive okay, vice president sure. of the company at the time said, I got a, I got a lot of great players." but we got too many teams going here, yeah. and I've got to get them all in the same jersey. Oh, wow. So we constructed it today that helped them do that, and we literally did that physically, put them all in the same shirt.
2: And and, and, and that was a be- like was that the beginning of a lot of the curriculum uh, or the core y- yeah, of the John R. Wooden course? Yeah,
3: we put together a, a really nice set of materials mm-hmm. for that, and some of that uh, eventually ended up into the John R. Wooden course. Hmm. But uh, it was after that meeting, uh, actually, mm. his daughter happened to be uh, there and Craig Impleman, my business partner, actually was there. And uh, I guess he they thought that we did such a good job representing his content and they saw the professionalism with which we conducted the meeting and so on. And so I, I got a call a day later and they uh, said they changed it. their mind and wanted to move ahead with the wooden course.
2: He, he, he checked you in the game.
3: Yeah, he did. It was, what Another thing I remember about that meeting was the idea of getting everybody in the same shirt. There were actually a couple of people who came down from their room to start that meeting and didn't have their shirt on. Mm. So we had maybe 300 people, 298 people had the same shirt on. And there was a couple of outliers there in the audience that didn't have their shirt on. And uh, Coach Wooden found a very subtle but powerful way to call attention to them. And I can tell you, at break time, they ran up, put their shirts <laughs> I on, love it. and, and I came love it. back down. And we oh. had everybody sitting there in the same jersey. That's
2: like with with uh, Bill Walton when he came back after after winning the championship and with his long hair. Yeah. He's like, I've earned the right to do this, Coach. And he says, yes, you have. Yeah, I'm sure going to miss you here at UCLA. Yep. <laughs> and he went and quickly got his hair cut.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Coach Wooden yep. had a had a powerful way of drawing attention to things uh, in, a, in a proper manner and uh, enabled people or gave them an opportunity to do the right thing.
2: Had you, um, were you, I'm sure you're aware, nobody could not be aware that left Basketball of Coach Wooden's great success, but were you aware of the pyramid of success and his teachings like as you were coming up when you were in college and and as a young person?
3: I can't say I was aware. I mean, there wasn't anything or anybody out there that was teaching uh, Mm -hmm. the pyramid of success. I mean, I think at that point, that just represented a little bit of what John Wooden was about. It was something that was hanging, uh, you know, in his office, but, you know, there wasn't really... Uh, there may have been a representation or two, uh, out there on the pyramid of success. Uh, you know, there may have been a version of it sold in the UCLA bookstore. Yeah. I I, I don't it, know, right? but we just started doing a lot of homework. There was maybe a book or two that had been written, uh, mm-hmm. at that time, a fellow named Brian Biro had written a book that had some elements of it. Um, and then he had started to work with, Steve uh, Steve Jameson yeah. on, you know, two or three really good books. So, um. But I wasn't, you know, I wasn't aware of, of the pyramid of success. And I certainly didn't grow up with the pyramid mm-hmm. of success on my refrigerator yeah. and follow those principles. <laughs> uh, now, what I knew is or what I found out after working with him for a number of years, that a lot of the things that he taught and that he was all about was easy f- for me to recognize because I saw them in the men who coached me mm-hmm. in my high school. We had a we had a great group of really professional uh coaches uh gentleman, uh, bill wilkins who coached in my high school for some 20 plus years and is in the actually three of those uh four four of those five coaches are in the ohio high oh, school nice. coaching hall of fame that's how good our little staff was and so the things that they did and the way that they taught and the way that they cared and who they were as men and the level of integrity and the way they treated their families and all of the things that represented the best of John Wooden. I'd seen those things and they'd had an impression on me. And as a kid growing up without a father, it was just one more example. Man, a coach can be a life changer, particularly for men. Uh, You know, if they don't have strong men in their life, hopefully they'll find a coach that can help show them what that all means.
0: Next up, we have basketball legend Jerry West.
2: Coach Wooden, uh, I think um, I, they just kind of reminded me uh, of that when you when you said shoot and follow the ball because he always felt like about crashing the boards and and he'd, he, you know and his players did that well. But I, when what was, was your relationship more concurrent to when you were uh, still playing for the Lakers or did you know Coach Wooden? after you had kind of retired and moved towards coaching?
5: No, I used to have lunch with him often in Westwood, a little drugstore over there. My yeah. la- His friend, late, my late, late friend, Hollis Johnson, uh, we used to go to this little drugstore there, and he had a drug counter, and we'd go in back, and we would eat. We'd have these little tiny, not stools, but they were actually um, boxes, okay, <laughs> that fruit and stuff came in, and he had this little table there, and and right. I used to have the same thing every day. What uh, was it? A turkey sandwich uh, with um, uh, with a cup of chicken noodle soup. Okay. And John, I forget what he would order, but that was usually a lot. That was most of the time on the day of the game. Okay. And I got to the point where I hardly ate um, day of the game. I mm. just couldn't eat. I'd get sick before the games and didn't want to be throwing up all over the place. Yeah. Too much, too much adrenaline. Yeah, too body. much going. But John was a unique man. He was yeah. he was more than a basketball coach. He was. kind of a life teacher um someone i had great respect for and um i remember one time we were playing ucla in college here in los angeles in a christmas tournament oh okay and uh ucla had a good team and and uh at west virginia we had one of the best teams in the country and i'll never forget i never said a word to officials never and it was at the sports arena. It's my mm-hmm. first experience playing there, and little did I know that my professional career was going to go there. But what was funny about it is that I made a layup, and I, this guy hit me in midair, and I ended up on the concrete floor. They didn't have any padding or a bunch right. of people there to catch you, and I was running back, uh, sort of walking back because the ball went went through the net and it bounced away. And I said to the official, I think you missed that call. And John John said to me, he says, Young man, you're too good to complain. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, I said something nice. to him that I can't repeat. Okay. Okay. On this on this program. Yes. <laughs> and I wonder, I used to wonder all the time, did he remember that one incident? Got a feeling you It did. wasn't a good word. I got a feeling okay? you did. I got a feeling he remembered he has a good memory Uh, he had a great memory
0: (laughs) alright we're going to end up this series with the Hall of Fame ring announcer Jimmy Lennon Jr
6: I got to tell you something so John Wooden invited my dad to a football game a Rams game Oh wow! Yes, and so my dad invited me to come along, so I went along with him, no and way. it was just unbelievable. And I'm sitting, you know, next to John Wooden in the car, next to him in the game. We're talking about, you know, wow. his early basketball career, just chatting. And sure, I had respect for him, but you know, I didn't have the appropriate respect. <laughs> well, yeah. and I'm a, you know, a young teenager, yeah. and I'm going to, to, uh, I think it was Lincoln Junior High at the time. And so I said to my buddy, "I know John Wooden, and I know where he lives." <laughs> And so I brought my and he said no you didn't I said yes, I do. So I brought him over to his apartment Wait, And you... I knocked on his door uh, And he answered <laughs>
4: <laughs> And I realized at that
6: point this was really inappropriate what I was doing right and, and so I kind of said hi and You know, did he remember Nice to see you Did he remember you? Yeah. Well, I introduced myself as Jimmy. Lenin, and he goes son. Oh sure son. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he was nice, but it was so inappropriate <laughs> <laughs> I expected him we, to invite me in for tea or
2: we, we I don't know, like
6: one of our uncles. Like, hey.
0: We hope you guys enjoyed these two episodes featuring the legendary coach, John Wooden. Join us next week for a special on March Madness. We hope you guys have a great week with some great basketball. Thanks for watching and listening. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is produced by Christine Jinbo and me, Marley Rice. Directed by Chris M. Alport with studio support from Alpha Command Unit and shot by bad boy Bobby McCall.
4: Original music courtesy of Lennon Music Production and original images courtesy of Sienna Lennon Photography. A big thank you to all of our contributors. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is a production of Sports Stories, Inc. You can find us on audio platforms everywhere and the High School Narrative iOS app. You can also view Denny's shows on Roku, Apple TV, and Fire TV.
0: Make sure to press that subscribe button, give us a review, leave a comment. It will really help us grow the show.
4: Hey, you know what else would help us grow the show? Hustle on over to patreon.com slash DennyLennon to get some never before seen videos, pictures, interviews, and more.
0: We are all over social media and constantly sending out clips on Facebook, conducting fun polls on Twitter, going live on Instagram, and more.
4: To find all our social media links, hustle on over to sportsstoriesdl.com.
0: SSDL proudly supports the My Stuff Bags Foundation and the Heroes Movement.
4: The My Stuff Bags Foundation, with the help of thousands of people across the country, provides children in unfortunate situations with new belongings and new hope through its innovative My Stuff Bags program. Heroes Movement is a nonprofit that bridges the gap from therapy to getting strong again through small group workouts for any veteran of the United States Armed Forces for free. Links to how you can support and help these foundations can be found on our website. We wanna give a big thank you to our partners of the show.
0: So, as Coach Lennon would say, any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me, Marley, at info at sportsstoriespodcast.com.
4: Sports Stories thanks all of our followers and listeners. And we will, we will see, see you, you next time. time. Hey, thanks, Marley. Thanks, Chris. God blesses, Happy St. Patty's. Put this on the screen and make a dream come
2: true. Kick it out, book.